Good afternoon, everybody. On Happy Halloween, it's 1.44 p.m. We have an L.A.-based comic on the line. Everybody, say hello to Max Goldman. How you doing, Max? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, no problem. You've been hitting it hard. I know you've been doing comedy at least three years, probably longer, right? I have been on and off since 05. Oh, wow. You beat me by a year. You were young. You were a kid when you started. Shit. Damn. Yeah, I, um, as, in, in L.A., you could get your driver's license at, like, 15 and a half. So that, that's when I started working. Oh, wow. You're like, a, you're like another Judd Apatow. He was hitting the mics at 16 also. Yeah, when you live in L.A., like, um, I grew up in, in, in the Valley. I always thought of that to be, like, an entertainment dead zone. And I had a teacher that told me that if I wanted to uh, make jokes in class, that I needed to practice them at open mics at the, at the comedy store. Yeah, they were, open mics serve a purpose. They do sharpen your chops. Uh, they do serve a purpose. You know me, I take things really, really seriously. So as soon as I got my driver's license, I went Monday night to the or Monday afternoon to the comedy store and signed myself up. Cool. I mean, you know, it's because a lot of the clubs they they don't their open mics are bringers, and you could just pay five bucks and get on stage there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of clubs do that, um, but the comedy store is one of those where they have. They have a full bar, so, like, and people literally come off the plane on Monday night looking for something to do. So they'll come and check out some shitty comedy at the comedy store, no matter who is there, because people just show up to perform like superstars. Wow. And and that's so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm from Long Island, New York, and the only way you're going to be in a comedy club is if you – I don't live there anymore – is if you, you do a bringer show in New York City or Long Island. Yeah, and you got to have, like, not just a lot of friends, but friends that would want to pay to come see you. And I can't I can't put my friends and family through that. They're really supportive, but... Not, not only that, but you're going to get ex- used. Used, shoot up, and spit out because the managers aren't even going to watch the show or watch you perform. No, not at all. No. And on top of that, it's that, that's something that hasn't changed ever. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like I said, it's hard. The older you get, the less friends you have. The less people you have to come out to the show. Exactly. And, like, you, you obviously want to make friends in, like, the comedy community. But, like, there's also like, the idea of not shitting where you eat. And there's a weird competitiveness that, like, you, you don't want to, like... You don't want to step on people's toes and stuff like that. I, like, I, I, I like to think I'm pretty timid so i i hate advertising for myself i hate hate selling tickets to my own shows and i hate and i hate asking people for favors me too i'm the same thing yeah because you feel indebted to them yeah i i i probably die before before i ask for help well you, um, you sound a lot like me man you sound a lot like me you know i'm living all by myself too nobody to talk to yeah, wow. It's nice to know the other kindred spirits that's out why, there. That's why we're in front of a microphone. That's why you, you, you walk in front of a microphone? That's I, why we perform in front of a microphone. I, I think so. I think it's a way of getting all that anger out of us. 
Um, my therapist said it's uh, what like um, ge- generational trauma. I've heard about that too, but you can't tell your parents about that because they say you had a beautiful childhood. I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't go to Europe in the forties. You'll be fine. Yeah, Stephen, you're crying for luxury. There were Jews starving in the Lower East Side a hundred years ago. Freaking goddamn pig! It's a, it's a rush. Getting high. Are you on the pot? High in middle school. Are you in the pot, Stephen? You're in the safe zone now, Stephen. <laughs> Holy uh, shit! Yeah, yeah, no, it's, but I mean, it sounds like a lot of nice people in in Cali and L.A. You know, I'm meeting a, a lot of nice people, a lot of nice comedians there. Yes. So um, that everyone is really, really nice. That, that's what I, everyone's really nice and encouraging. Um, they want something that you have, so I take everything with a grain of salt. And um, like I said before, I don't, I don't like asking for favors. I don't give favors. So, like, whether you're funny or not, and you're a good person, like I like giving people those opportunities to perform on this, on my stage. Oh, so, so I, I, I can but, tell you, 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 you run the mic at Green Room, right? Yeah, I, I've been producing it. For five-ish years now. Damn, at, at, Al- at Alana's Cafe, right? It's a, technically, it's called Alana's Coffee. It's on Venice Boulevard. Um, they have another one over in Weho, Um And that's a, that's a really, really nice one. But there's no performance space there at all. So at the, the, one, the one we go to is over on Venice Boulevard. And we're, we're doing shows their first Fridays of every month. I've been told that it's a very, very safe space. On the other hand, um, <coughs> since our show is uh, a 420-friendly local neighborhood comedy show, like we have the same returning audience members, and they're looking to—they're looking to laugh. Yeah, of course. Do they? Do they have cannabis-infused seltzers there? advertising on this podcast but we have 420 friendly um goodies at every single show i'll just give it a no don't worry about the free advertising i do i don't have any sponsors max so i make up bullshit commercials just to sound official okay so but no i'm I'm serious because like uh people pay to get advertised at the at the green room and then they also pay separately for their um their names to be said elsewhere and as much as like i really 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 do want to say their name on this podcast right now they don't get they don't pay that much all right all right i i, I but, hear you i understand but but, but if you do like 100 percent, if you guys want a good time a 420 friendly experience at a, at a comedy show which that's the only reason why i started it was because playing your shows are hard I have friends that just want to be able to either drink and laugh at a comedy show or smoke pot and watch comedy at their seat. And going to a major club, having that happen at your seat is impossible because you can't smoke cannabis inside at a bar. But um, it took us a long time, and we found a very, very, very excited, trustworthy 
owner who not only thought it was okay for us to do a comedy show Friday night after closing at a, at a coffee shop, but also thought it was quote unquote bitching that we could smoke cannabis at our, at our seats and give it out for free. Oh, that's quite, I never heard of that before. I mean, that sounds very appealing. I, I haven't, we, we like to joke that we're like the, the third or fourth best 420 friendly comedy show in LA. And I'm not going to lie, there are other really good quote unquote 420 friendly comedy shows in Los Angeles, but we do something very, very specific. It, you're allowed to consume cannabis at your seat. Wow, and that's, that's what a lot of shows. That's what a lot of other shows do not have. So you you might see on the poster four twenty friendly comedy show, but you you might not be able to buy consume at your seat. Oh, God bless you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of ways around that. You know, you get high before you go in. You you know, you could vape. I used to vape under my mask, under my COVID mask. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So you're like like the Santa Claus of comedy. I um I like to think I'm the Elijah of comedy. Okay. If you have some weed that's if you have some weed that's left over, leave it on the corner of the uh of the the dining room table, and I'll come by when you guys leave to pick it up. All right, let my people go. <laughs> let my people get high. Let them be free and smoke. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, and that sounds cool, man. And uh, I see you have, I see, oh, you have a friend named, um, named Brandon also who has an open mic, right? Um, what, what Brandon, last name? Uh, last every last Saturday, name. 6 p.m., the Lexington Theater. Um, that is, is that Brandon, um, Brandon Bricks? I think so. Yeah, it sounds familiar. It says, check out my friend, Bre Brand. we out here, open mic, every Saturday, 6 to 8 p.m. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was Brandon Bricks. Um, he has moved around a lot. I think he's down in Austin. Brandon went from, he, I, I'm, there's a lot of comedians that I meet, um, when I started doing stand-up when I came back from Tucson. Okay. And I, I graduated from University of Arizona in Tucson, and one of my, um, one of the, uh, theater um, alumni owned a theater on Fairfax called Bang Theater, and they were closing down. And I asked if I could do open mics on Sunday night, and they said, uh, "Whatever." Oh wow! <laughs> so we did. So we did open mics on Sunday Sunday nights there for a couple of years, and that's where I met like a core group of stand-up comics that just moved to LA, and we're just looking for a place to perform, and we still keep in touch all the time. Wow. And those are those are pretty much where I get like a lot like a lot of my comedians is where I when I met them like through open mic back in the, back in the day. Well, so, you know, those are, I feel like those are the people that are the most trustworthy. You know. Yeah, you you seem to have collected an arsenal of friends throughout the years. Yeah, and you get to see people like I, I, you like watching people grow of course. in their comedy. Like I, I hate I hate like saying that like obviously like the people that we put on are really really funny but what's really funny and what's more important is watching people change and mature and having tenacity yeah it's, it's nice that you do that you know because a lot of people in this business it's all about them and they don't want to see anybody but them so it's nice to see that you you know we're all in this together it's nice yeah like i don't know i don't know if it's just me being quite like hard on myself but i don't think obviously not as funny as the people that I put on like a hundred percent like it's not Max Goldman's green room like I don't I don't put my face on the poster I don't have I mean I don't think I've ever put my name on the poster I just think that's such, such a weird thing for me to do look Max is more I, like go for it it's more important in my opinion to be interesting and sincere than to be funny because a lot of funny people are, t are not very nice people or just you know so I think you have a lot of good qualities, which enhance that. Thank you. I really, I appreciate that. Like, I, I just want my parents to be proud, honestly. <laughs> like, like if I was funny and I was a piece of shit, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't care at all. <laughs> yeah, that's so. They just want to see you make some money because you succeed so they could tell their friends, oh, look at my boy. Look at my beautiful boy. He's a big Hollywood star now. Yeah. And it, and like, I don't have to make money every time. I needed to make money that one time. Yeah, you know what? There's plenty of ways to make money. You do this because you love this stuff. Yeah. You know, that's it comes I, to... I, I mean, I generally, I gen, like, I gen, like, we generally like watching, like, I have a shitty sense of humor. So, I, like, my opinion doesn't really matter as much as the audience's. But seeing my... Seeing friends go up and making other people laugh 
Yeah, well, that's the same. It's similar emotion. Crying and laughing is real. Like, remember, um, in training day, all you got is your smiles and your cries. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, what else can I tell? Uh, um, I was watching uh, one of your uh, clippings, uh, the Comedy Store, live, Nicole's birthday. Does that sound familiar? Okay, so any moment that I did at the Comedy Store, that was... I, um, my girlfriend called on my master's, like my, me getting my master's. I, um, I spent three years producing a podcast for a comedy show in the belly room. And, uh, that show's called Crack 'em Up Thursday. It's produced by Michelle Murdoch. Okay. And she's been running that show for like 20 years. And, oh, wow. Wow. And if you know the, if you know the belly room up at the comedy store, that was Mitzi's room. Okay. So if you're performing, if you have a long-running show at the comedy store in the belly room, that means Mitzi Shore handpicked you to run it there. And that's why Michelle is there right now, because she was handpicked to do a show there, and night or week after week was asked to come back. And she's been making comedians famous for over 20 years, and... I found Michelle through comedian David Arnold, and I was a producer of on his podcast for a couple of years. Wow! And I told I told David that I needed to um, be more back in the game, and he was a touring comic. He uh, toured with Kim Whitley for years around around the world, honestly. And he interviewed Michelle on his radio show one day, and said that I would work really, really well with the show and help do the same type of radio show, but in the basement of the comedy store. So for three years straight, we interviewed comedians coming down from their set at the belly room, and like right as they're like finishing their set, high from all the comedies, oh. and coming down and doing a 20-minute interview on uh, the Crack Up Comedy Podcast. Any, any like, um, like, well, I'm sure you had some well-known comedians who have been like in Comedy Central. Oh, Tony Baker, um, Marsha Warfield, people's names that you haven't either heard in on, you know, Arsenio hasn't been on TV in a long time, but you know, there's still names that haven't faded from the wall. Oh wow! Is you know, you mentioned hand-picked. Someone used that term one time, but he used the word knighted. K-N-I-G-H-T-E-D, to be knighted by somebody. So basically, you were, yeah. you were knighted. But, uh, baptized by, uh, <laughs> baptized by Mitzi herself. I'm surprised you said the word baptized because you took Santa Claus and you turned him to Elijah. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, it, it is kind of a religious, religious experience whether you believe in um, those people or not because there's not really any opportunity where you cannot get paid for something, but you feel that sort of immediate feedback. And to get handpicked by, um, a, a, at the time, a living legend, yeah, is you'd rather you'd rather have get picked from her than getting, you know, winning a lottery. Really, you you obviously have a better chance of winning some lottery than you do getting a spot in some certain rooms. 
Well, you know, because you kept showing, you were grinding. You told me 2005, you've been grinding it, and all that hard work paid off for you. I don't, like, I don't even see it as that. Like, it's still a grind every day, and you still get people that are jealous and want what you have. And you just kind of push through to the next thing. Like, I, I don't even really see it as a, um, I don't know, something that I earned. It's just something that kind of could have happened or couldn't have happened. Well, I don't, I don't know if that really makes sense. Like, because I, like, I, I feel like I could have, like, worked my ass off for 20 longer years and still be, you know, still get in Tucson. Not that there's anything wrong with being in Tucson, because I actually really, really wish I could live there. Well, you can always go back. I mean, you can get, get enough money for security in an apartment. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, I, uh, like, I, I think I don't really know what, the, like, the be-all, end-all goal is with this. I, like, at first I thought it would just be being able to have a 420-friendly comedy show. Then it would be people showing up to it. Then it was comedians wanting to perform there. Then it was comedians that wanted to perform and hang out and take photos. And then it was comedians from around the United States wanting to perform on your stage, whether they had been to Los Angeles or not. Now I don't like, like I don't. I, I, I'm, of course, I want to make money, but I don't want to like charge for it. If that makes sense. No, I'm the same way. I don't. I, I never made a goddamn dime doing. Uh, in fact, I spent money doing comedy, so I know how you feel. <laughs> yes, like sometimes. I, um, I, I, I personally don't come from a business background, but I learned a lot. Like sometimes you're perform, you're providing a service. But that can't be your like. You can't make <laughs> you can't make money off of providing a service. There's it's got to be like another way to do it. Yeah, you have to. Uh, well, if, if if that's you know, if you want to make a living, do maybe you just want to do this because you enjoy. You know, I've kind of accepted the fact that I just do this crap because I enjoy it. But everybody's different. Yeah, and like you see how people how comics tough like get off the stage and like. You could tell how they just have like that crazy momentum. Like I really wish that I had another stage next, another sold out stage next door that I could just like rotate people through. Yeah, yeah, because you know five minutes not enough for a com comedian. You know sometimes you need uh, you know twenty thirty minutes every day just to you know get, get your chops sharp. And like I think that's where um, performing in New York is a lot better. Like. A lot of comics come that come from New York. Um, they want to try to fit in two or three more shows before and after us. And we are all the way over in Venice, and we're we're not far, but it, it takes you thirty minutes there and thirty minutes back if you're if you have an Airbnb downtown. Like you can't just take get on a subway and you know walk a couple blocks and hit a bunch of different bars. Like, I moved from the, the Valley to Venice, like, to entertainment dead zone. <laughs> from, from where, where uh, Max? I moved from the Valley to Venice, like, one entertainment dead zone to another entertainment <laughs> dead zone. Look, uh, but it, it sounds to me, because you mentioned New York, it sounds a lot more supportive mm -hmm. there. What you were describing in New York, I've seen it. It's, it's actually extremely rude and obnoxious and unsupportive. 
in my opinion. Now, like, I is why is that because there's just like um, co- the comedy is so uh, diluted. I, I guess so. It's dog eat dog. Everybody's trying to make it, and you have—I mean, someone once told me it's twenty thousand comics in the New Jersey, New York area competing. So they become mm-hmm. so unhuman, so driven. You know, it's it just a hot, I find it to be a very cold place. And and they they do their set and they get up and they leave. Sometimes you have thirty comics there, and you get up. You have three minutes. Only two people in in the audience because they all got up to leave. That was another thing that. I, uh, like, you can't just start a room and put comic comedians there and hope that people are going to show up. Like, it, you, there's a lot of work that happens before and after, and it's a lot of anticipation and a lot of guessing, and the first one was, like, ripping the Band-Aid off, and even after that, even after people showed up to the first one, like, I don't, I, you don't know if people are going to show up to the next one. Like, people are, comedies have a show where you buy tickets to the first one, you're like, oh, I'll buy tickets to, to the next Friday or the next Friday. It's not like a, uh, like a. Hey, Max, I just got to give the. the show. I got to give you the four minute heads up because we're going to time out at 30 minutes. We're up to like 25 and a half minutes now, just to let you know. Well, listen, now's your chance to put it out there. You know, your, your your Twitter account, your Facebook, put it out there. Everything everything you want these folks to know about you. My name is Max Goldman. I produce The Green Room LA with my partner, Miss Alley. He's not here right now. He's working uh, for, the, for the youth. But we're both there. First Fridays at Alana's Coffee. It's 420 friendly. That means that you can sit at your feet. You can consume cannabis any way that you like as long as you're not disturbing the people next to you whatever that looks like i haven't had a problem with anything like that before but i always thought it'd be funny to have 420 friendly fireworks but we'll see um but yeah first friday every friday um i like to have a lineup that represents all of los angeles so you when you come and see comedians at our show you will see comedians from all around the city and uh, you'll like what you said before. Like comedians will do their three minutes and they'll leave. Yeah. But if you come to my show, um, it's a place to hang out. Well, that's good. I bet I bet you the customers are nice. A lot of people are, are are you know nasty drunks. People get more mellow when they're high. I I was not. I, I was, I'm, a, I'm not a hospitality person at all. Um, I am very, very, very surprised when people are nice. And I'm even more surprised when they're um, a, a huge pain in the ass. And I think that just makes um, my job, like, it, it's almost like a game. I just feel like they're, they're fucking with me. So I can't, like, I, I don't know how to be mean back. <laughs> so, it, like, like, yeah, people can, I've had people complain about um, the five different types of wine that I've bought. Like, and I'm a wine person. <laughs> Um, I try to uh, match 
the conceivables with the, with the lineup, and every lineup works well off each other. And you could, you'll tell when you when you show up. At, like every person on stage is there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Um, oh, we're up to. I don't want them to cut us off, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording. Stay in the line, uh, Max. Okay, we'll talk a couple minutes. Uh, folks, remember Max Goldman, L.A. Anything else you want to say, Max? Before I uh, stop recording? No. Um, well, if you yes, obviously you you could come by Friday. You get a free ticket and bring a guest. Um, I like I had a great time. Anyone who wants to come to the show that sees it, um, just DM us on our Instagram and say like, "Hey, I heard you. I heard you on the radio show. Like, I really want to come by and check it out, and we'll treat you right." Oh man, that's I'm gonna in a couple of years I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna ask you for five minutes on stage, Max. You you look, you you got it. hundred percent. Always. Oh man, I appreciate it. That's a solid. That's a solid I have something to look forward to in my life now. <laughs> no, seriously, hundred percent. Like All right. like you could call you could literally call me like the day of and say, like, hey, I'm I'm flying out, like I have a spot here, I have a spot there, but like oh, like I need it Oh man, that's that's nice to know. I'm 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 glad that I'm starting to collect nice comedy friends throughout the country, and, and you're one of them now. Yeah. Well, someone's got to be nice because um, I'm, I can't think of anything nice to say right now. But <laughs> there's someone out there. Yeah, there's nice people. We just can't be blinded by the anger. We got nine seconds left. No, you can't. You can't be blind by the anger. People are pessimistic. You got to show love. 